my my my. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, excellent. Let's get started. What time of the day is it in Japan? Uh, it's 9 a.m. out here. How about yourself? What's the time out there? PM. So technically, I'm in the future. Technically. Yes, you're on Thursday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh gosh, you know, we were just talking about the COVID pandemic. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy how 2020 really took a turn. How are you doing and how how is everybody doing out there? Well, we've been blessed that we haven't had any problems with COVID within the family. Um, it's challenging to see how awful it is all over the United States. Mm. So um, we're disturbed by the lack of of attention it was given all summer and mm. the flippant reaction that a lot of people have toward taking care of themselves and me, because if you're not wearing a mask, mm. you're in fact me, <laughs> so wear <a> mask. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we stay kind of hunkered in. It's mm. a time for reflection and for doing creative things that you could do in your home. But it's mm. challenging not being able to touch someone besides the person right. that you're in the house with. That's really difficult. Um, and I, I, you, you, you were telling me before that you're making masks actually and, and provide, uh, just distributing it. I make masks and I sell them online through my website. And I make them with a HEPA filter in them. So they're very, wow. very effective, but they look really good. No, uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. It sounds like uh, it's, it's really good stuff. Hollywood is hit really hard. And particularly the, the entertainment world is struggling unlike it has ever before. It's, it's really a strange time. There's no doubt about it. What kind of unique uh, challenges would actors, and particularly the new ones, what kind of new challenges would be they facing because of COVID? Well, we thank goodness have a wonderful union, Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, and they have set mm. up a 13-page protocol or if you want to shoot, <laughs> you'll go by these rules or you will not shoot. And I appreciate wow. that they do a very protective job for all of us. When we shot the uh, Fresh Prince reunion, it mm. was all under protocols. We were very safe. Uh, we were tested daily. Uh, everybody wore masks. We were able to unmask to be on set, but everybody else had on masks. And we were still social distancing with everybody besides the small group of talent that uh, mm. were performing on that show. I'm really happy that the government is finally, and people are taking COVID more seriously. In the start, a lot of us were having a hard time believing it's a real thing. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny how sometimes uh, people can use the Constitution and hide behind freedom of rights and just do uh, very... Uh, very unfortunate things, you know, it, it's very unfortunate. It's unfortunate mm. that people don't take personal responsibility for other people. Uh, they are more concerned about their own comfort or desires rather than how they affect all the people around them. And until people start taking this as a personal responsibility, it's going to be an ongoing problem. Yeah, totally agreed. Well, speaking of acting, you know, uh, you graduated from the uh, Northwestern University with a degree in interior design and architecture. I'm very curious, how did you end up in acting after you know, finishing the degree? I, uh, talking about myself, if, if I finished my degree, I'd be like, all right, it's medical school next. I planned this. What happened? Oh, I got through college. I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
while I was in school, I was modeling, uh, doing national modeling, flying back and forth between Chicago and New York. And once I graduated, I continued modeling and I went into commercials. And um, I was enjoying myself. I mean, I didn't have a path that I was looking to fulfill. So I was taking advantage of every opportunity that was presented to me and learning all I could while I did it. So that's how I got discovered by Robert Conrad for old heads who remember the original Wild Wild West and uh, other shows. He did a show in Chicago called The Duke and hired me. And that was the first time that I was hired to act in a television show. Wow. And I had a great time. <laughs> and um, I continued by moving to Los Angeles. He had another show called A Man Called Sloan. And he gave me a part on that. And I was able to get an agent right away. And I took the journey that has become my career. Wow. Uh, that's, that's crazy. But you're not just an actress. You're also an accomplished photographer. And you have a clothing brand inside. Now, how did you end up discovering these other talents? I was born with a lot of different talents. And you, can, you could be basically anything, basically, huh? I can. If, if I put my mind to it, I can. And so can anybody else. Um, I got these talents from what I call my God. And I have to manifest these talents in order to honor the fact that I have them. So right. every once in a while, I'll change direction and see where that journey takes me. I'm, I'm a woman who has spent her life taking discovery journeys. Mm. And I learn a lot. I love the process of learning and of finding something new and of, of becoming something different. Mm. And I, it's the journey that makes my life rich. So that's how I got into photography. I've been taking pictures all my life. My girlfriends used to tell me when I come back from a trip and show, oh, this is where I've been and look at this and look at that. <laughs> um, they said, well, why don't you uh, mount a gallery show? These are mm. really nice photographs. And I go, ah, you got to be a photographic artist to do that. So right. they said, um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so on my 60th birthday, I decided to become a photographic artist. And wow. I had to figure out what that meant, how to do it, and started wow. a whole journey that has taken me around the world. And it has allowed me to produce, I've published four books on the photographs that I've taken and sold well, sold out of the first one already. And wow. I developed note cards and I do an annual calendar. I'm up to about my 10th calendar. Um, wow. And I do speeches about traveling and taking photographs. And, and basically, my thought process is that what I represent with my camera is what I see in detail of life. And I, for many years, only photograph doors. Interesting. I, I mean, they represent opportunity and adventure and curiosity. And mm. so I kind of try to encourage people when they look at my photographs of doors to imagine, to dream, to allow themselves to see the details along their journey 
so that they can have as rich a life as I have. It's kind of like a training session, looking at my wow. door. That's really meaningful, I think, the whole symbolic meaning of the door. And I think it's really cool how you're actively thinking about where you're headed in life and consistently changing and understanding what and who you are and what you want out of your life. But at the same time, I think it takes time to realize and discover yourself. And oh, more importantly, what you want from your life. It's a process. And yeah. what you want today may not be what you want 20 years from now. That's the that's the scary part, I think. Do you think it's scary? Because no, not scary. That's exciting. Okay, so for what I mean by that is, for example, like for myself, if we're if I were studying medicine for and I've seen this, I've seen a lawyer who who actually became a lawyer and then left his career to go back to, me to medical school. I saw this 35-year-old, uh, well, back in California when I was going to Cal State Long Beach, I saw this 35-year-old man back in school studying medicine. And I was like, what's going on? You know, it's, I find, do you think it's scary once you go through this entire journey and then you're like, hang on, I don't, I don't want to do this in the first place. Oh, but it doesn't, you don't throw all of that away. He becomes a doctor and he has a law degree to color how he sees medicine. I mean, True. you don't unlearn something. And all of the journeys you take compile to a rich life. I tell you, mm. learn whatever it is at the time that you're learning. Go for it, go for your passion. And mm. if it changes, that's okay. Be passionate about something else. Just wow. stay passionate. I think you're right about that, actually, thinking about it from that perspective. You're always adding value to yourself by experiencing new things. And it will make him a better doctor just talking about that person. Uh, he, he knows the law. He's more well-equipped with the law. So perhaps his own advantages that a normal person wouldn't totally. But, but how do you think an average person can discover what they really want with their lives uh, and then be actively you know, thinking about their future. How do you think, what kind of steps should an average person take to discover the themselves? The person should step forward on faith, do something. Mm. <laughs> and if you find that you're really interested in it, do it more and find out more about it. And if you yeah. feel like you don't want to do that anymore, have faith, you will choose to do something else. All you have to do is do it. When you sit there and think about, oh, what will I do? You're not going anywhere. Take a step forward. There's no wrong step. If you're going toward your passion, you're going toward fulfilling what you feel you want to do or be that at that moment. There's no wrong step. And if you fail at it, just pay attention to the failure. It's just a lesson. Get up. Don't do it that way. Do it some other way. You don't settle into failure. You get up and you try something else. That's really well said. And I think it, it's hard to get up and go back to what you want to do in life once failure hits. But I think that's part of the process. I was listening to... Um, a podcast a while ago and his businessman was talking about how he wishes you'd fail in your life. He's like, I wish you fail in your life. So you start, you, you basically cry in the closet, for example. <laughs> He's like, that moment will make you so strong. It'll help you understand 
the things you should be and should not be doing. That's all it is. It's just a road sign that says, uh-uh, not this way. <laughs> well, just stepping forward. That's initiative. Yeah. You, you can't do it sitting in your room thinking about it. Make some effort to move forward. And that be researching. Mm. It might be trying to meet someone who is doing what you'd like to do, going to look at what you'd like to do and other people doing it. You take a step forward and see mm. what the process will be. Right. Sometimes you want to do a lot of things. And I think I had that problem sometimes as well. Let's say you have a lot of things in your head. You want, you want to be a lot of things. How do you narrow down certain or keep your goals to a realistic uh, number? How do you do that? Recognize what you want to do with your life more than the other. Pick one. If it's not mm. the right one, you'll pick another one. There's no magic to this. You just pick one <laughs> and move <laughs> on it. Well, you know, I think if the 20 year old or even 15 year old yourself knew how far you'd go, you'd be really proud of yourself. You'd and, be scared. Uh, <laughs> why is that? If you're 15 years old, it, it's too overwhelming to think about all the wonderful mm, things. Interesting. <laughs> wow, this makes me wonder, um, how, how did you feel once you gained your your popularity? How did the how did the entire experience feel of transitioning from from this uh well to to fame how did that feel it was a gradual thing and it doesn't feel any mm. different than being not famous i have the same family i live in my house i have children i have grandchildren i'm a real person and i go to work and i'm only famous because people watch the work that i've done it has nothing to do with me personally it, famous doesn't make any difference to me unless I want to use it, mm. which I don't do often. But every once in a while, I'll drop a name. <laughs> it, fame is, is fleeting. It has to mm. do with other people's opinion. And I don't live my life on other people's opinions. Oh, yeah, that's I think that's the, the one of the biggest challenges. Even like, I can relate it from a very small thing I've done with the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with your life. That's true. That's true. I, I absolutely agree with that part. You know, you've appeared on numerous television shows and most people will know you through The Prince of Bel-Air, which you replaced Janet Hubert as Vivian Banks. Now, how do you feel? I did not replace her. I got okay, a job. Okay, that's true. That's true. But I'm talking about the uh, role itself as in the, the role. So um, how did it feel picking up this role when inside, it, of course, the, the, the television show itself, you know, you had another character before. So naturally, I feel like people were, um, you know, people were used to, it's, I think it's a natural thing to question, why did someone change? You know, it was, it was a moment that kind of people were thinking, what's going on? Why did they change the character? What kind of challenges did you face when you replaced that character? Or None. better to say, you know what I mean? I, I, I think you know what I mean. None. <laughs> They asked me to audition for a role. I auditioned for the role. I got the part. I don't know why she was not on the show anymore. I did not ask and they did not talk about it. Right. <clears throat> I right went on. to work and they hired me to be me. And they liked the chemistry that I had with James Avery. And mm -hmm. they were respectful of the work that I had done previously for many years on television. Absolutely. So 
I went to work and I was really happy to go to work. Absolutely. I love going to work. And I just happened to fall into the most iconic show on television. And it's a joy. It's a joy. Right. Uh, I, I definitely think that um, moving to that role was was really a big move. And, and and honestly, like time to time, I just sit down and watch Spencer Bel Air time to time. It's 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 a really fun show. Uh, I, I think they're very less uh, shows that are uh, the level of comedy inside the Prince of Bel Air is unmet. I think it's very unique in that sense. But, I think it's uh, the charisma of the lead character. Will Smith hmm, has a yes. very dynamic charisma that just makes everybody want to watch. And hmm. he crosses cultural lines, he crosses racial lines. He's just a charming, charming guy. And he's very funny. And he works real hard at learning all he can learn about what he's doing. He listens well and he performs well and he's a great businessman. He's a very smart young man. He, mm. He's not some kid just off the block who you know dropped out of high school. This mm. guy is a smart young man and he has used his brain to grow his business and become the mogul that he is. It's like I'm his auntie and I'm real proud of him. <laughs> of course, uh, Will Smith is without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, he's an icon, very talented guy, obviously. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I've seen him on television ever since I was a child. I, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's the best. He's, he's, he's amazing. Um, but I, you know, 150% into everything that he does, including rehearsals. Right. He just brings it all the time. So use that as a measure of whether you're doing mm. what you should be doing. Are you putting 150% in it? Wow. Yeah. It. Um, it definitely, you know, when as an as audience look at the stage, I feel like not all of us have the entire understanding of the amount of effort that goes inside the stage before the entire uh, episode is released. Are there I've, I, Are there a lot of reshoots? Walk us through the entire process of, of filming. Let's say we were to watch behind the scenes, uh, just one, just we had a chance to look at look at what's going on behind the scenes. How would that look like for the Prince of Bel Air? It's a week's worth of work, and you start Monday by sitting around a table and reading a script that the writers have created, making your comments, making your suggestions. We had the opportunity to instill cultural nuance into the things that we were supposed to be saying or doing, and. Um, then we go home <laughs> and the writers fix the script so that we can come in on Tuesday and start what they call blocking. Mm. Uh, blocking is just walking around the set uh, with your script in your hand saying, I'll say this, I'll stand here and I'll move to over there. And mm. then you come in from over here and the director gets to tell you where to go. Um, or you say, well, it feels like I should be and you put your two cents in. On Wednesday, you don't have your script in your hand anymore and you're doing your blocking and rehearsals and trying to find little nuances in the scene that will enhance mm. the scene or make it funny because you gotta make it funny and you gotta learn to pause for people to laugh. So that's a whole process that you go through. And on Thursday, we get all dressed up in the outfits that we're going to wear for the show and um, 
they hang them up and then we go through what they call a camera blocking where the four cameras are set and they have to follow us while we do our thing. <laughs> and that's the thing that takes a lot of time because mm. we'll have the scene blocked, but they have to block the cameras so that they can follow the scene and catch oh. where they're supposed to catch. And that's also the, what the director does. He does that in a booth watching four cameras at the same time. Okay, wow. now shoot, put, turn on camera three on his face and then turn on camera one, which is a group of people. And it's a choreographing thing. Then on Friday, we come in, we get dressed, we get hyped up and we put the show on tape. We do it without an audience, but we do it full out as we will that evening. And then we have dinner and we get touched up. And then Friday night, the audience is let in and we have wonderful comedians who whip up the audience. D.L. Hughley did it for years. And um, we're in the background getting hyped up. We go into Will's room. We all gather there. We do a huddle <laughs> and dance. And then we dance all our way to the stage. And then we pick up some percussion instruments and start beating away. And we're introduced one by one. And then the show starts. They shoot it. And everybody goes home. Wow. And we do it again on Monday. That sounds fun. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, th I think the entire process of filming uh, is, is very, is beautiful in a sense. You are giving uh, life to the character. And going back to Will Smith, I feel like I'm not blessed enough to know him in person, obviously. But um, would you agree with, I, I have a feeling that uh, the, the energy, the the Will Smith character displays in the show, I feel like that's him behind the scenes as well. I feel like oh, yeah. a lot of him is just a jolly guy laughing around and, and he's all about the people, I think, and making sure that people around him are happy and all. Uh, would you agree with that? Business. He is business. Okay. about business. How to make the business better, how mm. to make what he's doing better, how to include people and bring the best out of them. He's a very, very smart young man. Mm, that's, that's really cool to understand the entire process of filming. Um, but uh, out and of these rich experiences. Mm -hmm. That's not filming. That's taping. Well, that's right. Taping. You're doing filming. It's a totally different process. That's that's right. That's, I have the word on the site down. Sitcoms are taped and uh, long form television. The hour long television is filmed. That's right. Um, so out of your rich experiences you've had in the acting world, uh, what was your favorite work and why? My favorite work was a show that my husband created with a partner, um, Hugh Wilson. It's called Frank's Place. And it was about a restaurant in New Orleans. And the people who frequented that restaurant and the neighborhood around that restaurant. And he was a fish out of water and a delightful character amongst a very rich cast. And that was my heart. That was my favorite show. Wow. Uh, so, so what made it really special for yourself uh, compared to the other shows you've done? 
the um, being in a partnership with the creator, because I've been married to him for 38 years, being in that partnership and watching something that popped out of his head bloom and the cast of characters that I got to meet and work with and the wonderful words that we got to write and the, the wonderful, wonderful reception that the world had for that show and the press had for that show, it was astounding and, and quite satisfying. So that's really why it was my favorite show. And it was a big heartbreak when they did not renew it. Mm. So someone in the comments just said, it gives me nostalgia uh, hearing your voice, uh, the Prince of Air. Uh, it kind of hit me as well. <laughs> oh gosh, it, it's true. Um, uh, I think you've 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 done a lot of a lot of good work, and created a legacy really. Um, and it's uh, it's more of an example for upcoming artists or, or actresses and actors uh, to really look at you as an example of what can be achieved. So congratulations on that once again. Thank you. Thank you. You've come and a far away and is, is as exciting as mine was. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so. You know, I, I think, uh, like you said before, life is very unpredictable, but if there's anything that uh, you have learned throughout this entire journey, if you're so far, uh, something that you wish you had known, known before when you started or really any advice for the people, um, what would that be? <laughs> Don't let the successes go to your head and don't let the failures go to your heart. That's my advice. Live like that. It mm. has nothing to do with other people. You, you are fulfilling your purpose in life and you do it without hurting anyone. You do it with joy and with passion. And hopefully you'll make a difference in this world. Um, oh my God, these people are giving some really funny questions. She, uh, somebody just said, can't she adopt me? <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can't take this no. seriously <laughs> i have children thank you very much <laughs> oh gosh but you're getting excellent comments here uh people saying uh, uh simply uh simply imania said she's super intelligent i want to have a talk with her i know be very good one so everybody loves you a lot and well, thank you uh it's a lot of love and respect from here excellent. and and, and just, I don't want to take too much of your time. It's over the 30 minutes we talked about. Uh, with one last question. Um, so for, for people generally, I know you, you gave us some advice before, but what are some things, some elements that you wish your, yourself knew when you were younger, something you would have focused on yourself as you developed through the entire journey? Uh, what, what, what kind of things should, be, should uh, the younger people like myself be focusing on at the moment? At the moment, you should be focusing on making sure you're not doing anything detrimental to you, to your health, to people around you, that you are moving forward, trying to find your purpose, trying to find your passion, and trying to succeed at what you are trying to do. You want to spend your life continually learning. Don't think you ever stop learning. Hmm. Read, read other people's opinions, read somebody who you don't agree with. So you'll understand where they're coming from. Travel if you can, 
get to keep your heart open to other people, other cultures, other information that will be only beneficial to you. You are going to absorb a lot of information. Don't think that anything is minor. It mm. all plays out in some way. It, that little algebra that you're learning in high school will come to be needed sometime in your life. And you'll go, oh yes, I learned that. Mm. And it will assist you in getting something done that you need done. There's no information that you're learning in school that is trivial. They're teaching you, young people, to think. Please learn how to think for yourself, not just accept what is fed to you through the media. Mm. Find out the original source of the information and you determine whether you believe it or not. Not just because so-and-so said it is. It doesn't make it so. Learn to find the truth and live with that truth. Wow, that was very well said. Uh, the last part reminded me of uh, Donald Trump. I said, just put some bleach inside your body to, to kill a COVID. <laughs> You're right. Um, and a lot of people did actually follow that those guidelines. It's by official government. Um, yeah, they're very still horrible following to, the guidelines. They're yeah, still following uh, him, and I don't understand that. I, I really don't either. Um, but, you know, I guess there are a lot of different types of people on this planet. lies to you consistently. If I know. That's the hard part. Turn around and move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's 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 uh, talking about the government and the entire unflow of the you know how the Trump administration is talking about fraud in the elections. It, I never thought I would witness this ever, but it has happened, unfortunately. It's an autocrat trying to make an authoritarian authoritarian nation uh, because he <laughs> yeah. wants to be king. <laughs> That's well said. No, you can't be king here. You'll have to go somewhere else to be king. That's right. Uh, you know, he, he said if, if he loses the elections, he's going to lead the U.S. And he was very emotional about it. And yeah, you know, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> he's having too much success bilking people out of their money to support him. So he's not going anywhere. He's found the money. not. <laughs> That's, that's, that's true. Uh, uh, well, it was very nice talking with you. I'm, I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you. Uh, our Aunt Wiv, uh, you know, this is our Aunt Wiv over here. Uh, it's, it's really, really refreshing. And uh, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. So I thank you once again uh, for this you. opportunity. Good luck in school. Do well. So your mother will be proud of you. <laughs> Definitely. It's, uh, it's part of the goal, you know, trying to, trying to be active. And, and like you said, uh, I think the highlight for for me in this podcast was to be actively understanding where I'm headed in life. And every day as I get up, uh, by the end of the day, I want to ask myself a question. What's one thing I've done today that's take me one step closer to my goal. There you go. That was, uh, and that was once my entire... you reach that goal, you got to set another one. <laughs> there we go. That's right. Never <laughs> stop. And, uh, wow. Um, of course, the entire Will Smith conversation was amazing as well. It's, there's no doubt he's, he's such an incredible human being as well. Um, well, 
I'm just, he's one of my, you know, he's one of my inspirations like yourself. Um, so thank you once again for this conversation. Well, my pleasure. Everybody have a happy holiday. Try to be safe, wear your mask, get the vaccine if it's available. <laughs>